ready to go? Sure. Great. Yeah, Welcome I feel back. awkward about the microphone. I was about to do the intro. And then <laughs> <you said. laughs> we'll do it anyway. Welcome back to the Chip Lunch Podcast. Uh, so we're doing a lot of part tours at the moment. Are part, we? Part I haven't news. been on it in a while. So. No, well, so Amanda did a part two, but then ah. ended up being one about me. <laughs> that was last. Is it every episode, episode about you? <laughs> <laughs> the Joel podcast. We should rename it. We thought about renaming it. Just like Joel. Just call it one name. Like Madonna. <laughs> Joel Revival. <laughs> Joel Revival. It's <laughs> like, nice Billy Joel shirt. <laughs> <laughs> it's actually my Billy Joel cover band. Joel my Revival. Uncle, my uncle for ages called me Billy because of Billy Joel. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So he's like, how you going, Billy? <laughs> Least favorite uncle? <laughs> no, probably not. I'm doing got, a tier list for Joel's family members. Yeah, today. let's do a power ranking. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I think I only have two uncles. Yeah, so. he's not the best, but he's not it's an the easy worst. pick. I'm yeah. really indifferent towards Billy Joel. Really, Are you? I really don't care because yeah. you're not from um, New York. Yeah, Maybe. I had the chance to see him in New York, and I was like, really? "Yeah, I'm all good." Did you go out of your way to songs. see him? My parents went and saw him. Okay, hey, he's got some good songs. I don't know. There's always like Piano Man, but there's like um. So let's do a. Didn't what is we it? didn't start the fire. Get rated the worst song ever by Rolling Stone. Oh, did it really? That's, like that's that. an excellent choice. Actually, <laughs> that'd be up there. It was it was high on their list? We didn't start the fire. Oh, it's kind of fun. I don't know. Yeah, I don't. I, I don't think it's terrible. Is it? It doesn't make me upset. No, in oh, the yeah. way some bands do. <laughs> I think I think there are. There All right, are, now we're on to another power. <laughs> <laughs> there are definitely Queen songs that make me upset. <laughs> Just like turn it off. Turn like it what? Off. Um. I think bicycle. Yeah, I hate bicycle. I so want much. to ride my. It's bicycle. just so lame. <laughs> it is. It is lame. Um, it's kind of funny though. I don't mind. Queen would be okay if they weren't so overplayed in Sydney, but they yeah. are overplayed in, in Sydney. I think it's a very Australian thing, like liking retro, particularly like seventies, eighties music. Oh, I think in my experience, when I've travelled overseas, just our parents age. I don't know. Like whenever I'm overseas, you don't seem to find the amount of like 70s, 80s or retro music like playing as much as you do here. It seems to be a very typically Australian thing. I don't know. I don't know. I feel like my parents are that age group, so that's just what music they yeah. played. I, oh, I like this one. This um. Are we going to get copyright struck for this? <laughs> <laughs> that Billy, like me, maybe uh, right. Yeah. That kind of stuff I think is pretty Some good Some good old yacht Joel. rock. Yeah. <laughs> yacht, <laughs> yacht rock. That's not yacht rock, is it? Billy Joel is Yacht Rock for no, sure. No, Doobie Brothers. Doobie Brothers is excellent. Yeah, Doobie Brothers Doobie is Brothers definitely and, um, Yacht Rock. Uh, Paul and Oates. Yeah. Oh, they're good. They're good. <laughs> they slap, man. <laughs> I love some Yacht Rock sometimes. <laughs> well, this was, I think it looks like it's going to be a music podcast today. <laughs> we can do that. <laughs> but um, <laughs> Well, we might get into that. But uh, Lewis, mm. it's good to welcome you back to mm -hmm. the podcast. Yeah. Thank you. Part two. Uh, do you have, it's always checked with people with part two, do you have a beef with someone that you need to... Need to straighten out. Is this a real thing we do on the podcast? It's like we're about to take communion. <laughs> Got to reconcile ourselves with our brothers and sisters. Um, no beef. No beefs. Beefless. Beefless. Yeah. A vegan. Yeah, vegan. I'm vegan right now. Is that a real question you ask on the podcast? Only if you come on for a part two. Okay. Because, because Chris did a three-parter. Oh, wow. Chris Stevens did a three-parter because... Um, he wanted to have an, uh, his arch nemesis on Kath. Mm -hmm. And so from now on, I'm just like, is anyone? Cool. I asked Manda the same thing. I okay. said, have you got any beefs to sort out? Yep. Did she? Yeah. No. She said, no, we're doing this, we're doing this podcast on you. <laughs> <I was> yep. like, <laughs> oh. So vegan. The beef with you. 
Yeah, but yeah. Oh, I've got beef and mander now. <laughs> because I've, because I've, yeah. Vegan or vegetarian? Um, neither. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> neither. neither. <laughs> Carnivorous. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, it's cool to have you back on mm. because I think one of the reasons we decided to ask you back on is because a lot of things have probably changed since you were on last, which was probably mm. almost two years ago, I'd say. Ooh, I reckon it would question. be. Because you were episode four, I think we worked out. Yeah. The entire chip lunch canon. I don't even know if I was... You were the second guest. Yeah. I wonder if I was at YouthWorks College then or not. Oh, I don't sure. think you were. That's... Well, maybe you were just there. I'll that's crazy the early days then. Yeah. It's interesting. And now you're at more theological mm-hmm. college, so... Which we were talking very well of before the podcast started. Oh, what a great yes. place to go. Yeah. yeah yep. Even That's though I've never line. been there. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure. Have. That clip will definitely make it in. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if it makes it in X5. Yeah. <laughs> and I, we might be kicked out of more college. Yeah. Well, can only hope. Uh, <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> um, <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, so, yeah, it Jokes. is cool to have you on. And, like, because I know that we kind of originally discussed you being a Christian after high school. Mm. So that was one thing that I know that was talk- – I wasn't on the podcast, but I know that was one thing that you guys talked about. But we kind of was thinking prior to coming on coming on air that uh, we might like just run through the same kind of structure that we do with mm. Chip Lunch and see how things have changed yeah. for mm. yourself. Because we haven't had – we didn't do that Yeah, we, we, well, we hadn't come up with the structure mm. yeah, yet, we really. Chatted. Yep. I don't think yeah. so. It took, so us, it, was on the, it took it, us 75 episodes to get to that. Get it there. got posted on the 29th of July, 2021. But I know that we recorded yours and Gemma's on the same day. Oh, okay. So it's still it's like a year and a, year and a half or whatever. Yeah. yeah. Oh. oh, okay. So oh, no, you're getting close. You're getting closer to years because it's April. Yeah. Two yeah, years, okay. two years would be I might have July. just started YouthWorks College. Yeah, okay. Mm. Yeah. Well, that's cool. Mm. So let's cameras. let's. Uh, did you ask the, the hot chips question? Do you Probably that? we did. I, I don't know. I haven't listened to it. All right, let's do it. Let's, like do, it. To let's do a quick refresh. Well, sneeze away. No, it's gone now. <laughs> you have to look in one. Look in one of the lights. <laughs> See if that works. No, I've, lost, I've lost it. <laughs> I've been it's told gone. that works. I think. I, I think have. it's placebo though. You reckon? Yeah. Because you just forget about the sneeze and then you. Well, no, because you, you look up and that makes you, you convince yourself that it works and then you just happens. Ooh. So. Hot takes to start off the podcast. Placebo. <laughs> Talking about placebo, what do you think about the band? <laughs> I've never listened to them. <laughs> Have you? Really? No. Oh. What's that John Lydon's band after Sex Pistols? Oh, I don't think so. No, no that's... Uh, that's our Public Image Limited. Public Image Limited. Which is Pill. a very good band. I was thinking of Pill, not Placebo. Oh, yeah. No, yeah. Pill is excellent. There's, I know there's one Placebo <laughs> song that I used to listen to, but I can't remember what, what it was. You know, watching like the Sex Pistols to like current year Pill is kind of crazy because John Lydon puts on like... 200 kilograms and he becomes <laughs> he becomes this giant man and he goes from having this really ratty scream to like this almost big like gospel sounding really throat singing it's very yeah it's actually kind of cool so he learns to sing yeah basically <laughs> and stops taking as many drugs yeah that helps <laughs> yeah does it wouldn't know <laughs> <laughs> right let's let's yep. do a quick recap how do yep. you like to eat your chips um t- typically with chicken salt yeah, not like too much though. Sandy, he's already said that, so don't don't write this one down, Sandy. <laughs> what? Oh, yeah, because okay. Sandy kept oh, Sandy yes. put no, it. Yeah, no, that's another. Story. And I haven't no. changed. My, I'm pretty sure my vote would be the same. I'm pretty sure I would have said the same thing. Yeah, yeah. you probably did. Yeah. But I'm happy to have either. Can we compare? I think it's Can we compare it? What did he say last time? Yeah, a little square of Joel's face. What did he? What did he do last time? Ready, guys, all together. What, what did, did he do? What did he say last time? Uh, Eck? definitely no sauce. If there's salt on the chips already. 
Yeah. Otherwise, it's too much, and I'd probably go. I'd go for either. 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 No, 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 no preference. No preference. Just depends on how I feel. And we're back. <laughs> there you go. Uh, so. It sounds like you did or didn't say the same thing. <laughs> yep, that was really good. Yeah. What do we do? Um, next question. Yep. How did you become a Christian? Um, it did actually happen, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it did happen. Um, I mean, the, the short answer is I started going to youth group and then I started going to church and hearing about the Bible. And I became a Christian like nine years later. <laughs> um, so that's, that's, that is a really that's, shortened version. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we can go how deep because we could, we could just do the whole thing, but that might, you know, take up a lot, a lot of the If podcast. only we were a, a podcast about testimonies. I know. We might have time to do something yeah. like that. Oh, moving on. I want to hear the <laughs> yeah, next question. If only we weren't a music podcast, <laughs> we'd have time to do this. I'll ask your third question, Joel, and we'll get this over with. Yeah. <laughs> Quick podcast, a good podcast. Yeah. Uh, no, I can do the whole thing though. If you yeah, want. I reckon. I reckon we yeah. do it. Yeah. Because um, you're, by the way, you're awesome. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Feeling very encouraged. Um, <laughs> Sounded. <laughs> <laughs> That's just me. Um, <laughs> that kind of reminds me, just side tangent. One of my fondest memories of like beginning to come to church was like I started to get to know people and my good friend's wife, Haley, like was also getting to know me because she was a youth leader. And I think I think it was on our schoolies trip because the youth leaders take us to whatever, wherever we go for schoolies on, in year 12. Mm. Um, and I remember Haley, without me even intending to do so, she said to me like, Lewis, you always sound really facetious. Yeah. And I was like, oh, I don't mean to. You, so. you do that. I totally, I totally don't mean to. I really don't mean to. It's just a lot of, there's a lot of deadpan, I think. It's unintentional. Yeah. Like, it's just, it's just how I am. Yeah. I just don't think I'm very expressive naturally. So, um, well, I think you consciously, are. I like, think your voice is maybe just. Well, maybe. There's not a lot of change in, <laughs> in tone sometimes. Probably not. But Australians are pretty monotone typically. Mm. Anyways, sorry about that. I just thought that was a funny. <laughs> Are you, you you like you seem to be calling out Australians a lot? Is there a reason for that? You actually a spy? <laughs> yeah, I am. <laughs> no, I'm just facetious. <laughs> <laughs> See, I can't help myself. <laughs> no, I've just just been thinking a lot lately about what Spies? what it means. Well, yeah, how to be a spy, but how <laughs> what what it means to be Australian. I'm currently reading a book of like Australian poetry, oh. um, from like you know the the settlers period onwards, mm. so like eighteen hundred sort of stuff. I don't know. I struggle with poetry. Mm. I don't know if I can. I couldn't read a book of poetry. I'm like, just just yeah. say it, bro. <laughs> <laughs> don't. Well, like, don't <laughs> well, the guy's dead. Like you, you got to read it. Like, <laughs> yeah, know. that's fine. But he could have written it. Yeah. But why does it have to be like? We'll just read it aloud. Yeah, but just don't don't worry about rhyming it. Just not all it. poetry is with rhymes. I understand. You know, you know, I'm being a bit facetious. No, but um, <laughs> okay. I'm going to quote our Psalms teacher and say something written with imagination needs to be read with imagination, Joel. Ooh. Ooh. So not that I like poetry, but <laughs> <laughs> even though like a third of the Bible like, is yeah, poetry. Yeah, um, but it's God breathed, yeah. guys. Yeah, yeah true. Actually, um, so. <laughs> testimony yeah um yeah i have no christian um upbringing or background didn't go to a christian school don't have christian family members on either side um apart from a few nominal christians at best um so growing up had sort of no exposure at all um 
my only exposure to, I guess, things of faith um, and religion broadly was probably just um, people I knew or like media I was consuming saying that it was stupid, um, <laughs> basically. Um, my, my dad's side has a sort of a, 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 like a leaning towards maybe some new age hippie-ish stuff, but it's pretty pretty vague. Like kind of spirit, spiritual, yeah, like like I've just noticed, and probably since I've become more aware of it and gotten older, but they often talk about things like um, star signs and horoscopes, just like they're true, like like none of them are spiritual at all. Like they don't they don't, like, they don't read spiritual books, they don't pray or meditate or anything, but they they just they'll just like drop things like that to explain stuff. They're just like, oh, that's because you're a Pisces. Yeah, basically, <laughs> like. Um, or like they'll just talk about the spirit, like someone's soul, okay. just sort of like, and I'm like, oh, okay. Um, whereas mum's side, never. It's right. just like pretty straight, don't care, pretty secular. Straight atheist. Yeah. Oh, they wouldn't call themselves like, but they'd call themselves Catholic, right? Okay. Because like, you know, because great, great grandparents are Catholic. So now everyone's Catholic because you get baptized Catholic. It's just the heritage. Did you get yeah. baptized Catholic? No, because no. dad, dad is leaning more towards the hard atheist. Yeah. And so the compromise was like, we're not going to baptize him Catholic so he can make his own decision, yeah. right. which I think is fine. Like mm. if, if you're not Christian, like why would you bother doing it? I was baptized um, yeah. Catholic. Mm. Just as if you've been listening last week, you would know that anyway. Because <laughs> I talked about that. Anyway. On the Joel podcast. <laughs> <laughs> um, I got baptized too, for, but for no real reason. So your family's yeah. not? No. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, your family are very much like, why would we even go to church kind yeah. of thing? Yeah. Yep. So it's weird. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe like you get so excited and worried about like your new child that you just cling to some sort of spiritual oh, safety, like yeah, baptism for some people just seems to be like a... Or it's just something you, you did, know. I guess. Yeah, I don't know. Well, but, that was, um, that's the story about um, Bev and Pete mm. Crawshaw becoming Christians. <laughs> and they're like, oh, we just get our son baptized. Mm -hmm. That's what you do. And then yep. they became Christians. <laughs> yep. is, again, or maybe it's a good thing that we keep getting people baptized even yep. if they're not... Oh, I don't know. I'm entering into theological right, right, right. debate, which yeah. I, I should yeah, not enter. Not. <laughs> <laughs> Particularly not the sacraments. Don't, don't yeah. do the sacraments. Yeah, okay, um, cool. But then, yeah, growing up, no no Christian friends in primary school. Um, got to high school, suddenly, pretty quickly, probably within the first year of year seven, sort of didn't have any friends, then quickly became friends with this big group of Grace Point Guy Mayor people. Um, and so, yeah. I mean, a bunch of them were already going to our youth group. Um, and so I think it was either in year, late year seven, year eight, I started going, um, not really knowing what it was. Um, I think I knew it was Christian, um, but I didn't like know what that meant. I was mm. just like, oh, okay, like I'll just go. Um, ended up like, I think my memory of it is that I didn't actually get much out of the talks, like kind of ever. Um, I probably wasn't even listening, um, <laughs> frankly, but what I did really enjoy was getting to know like older guys because like mm. my current, my, my early friends at the time were like guys my age. Um, like I think I might've been friends with like one or two girls, but it was literally just dudes my age. Um, and so to meet men and women who were like significantly older than me, um, some of them like, well, I guess if you're including Stu, who was there, our pastor, like he was, was he like 30 plus years older than me? So um, to be friends with someone that much older than you is quite unusual. Mm for a high schooler. Um, but I found that really beneficial. Like I think it helped me mature when I wasn't maturing. Um, and 
through those relationships, which are really pivotal for a lot of things in my life, I'm, I got really interested in, you know, Christianity, but also faith and stuff more broadly. Mm. Um, I think what got me asking so many questions was that I, I think I quickly respected these people and I thought they were good people. Um, but I'd always sort of considered religion to be nonsense, more or less. Um, not for particularly good reasons, but just because you naturally just kind of adopt views around you. Um, and so I was like, oh, well, you know, religion's just, you know, the byproduct of evolution and, well, it's archaic and old. We can just do away with it because we have science and reason now. Not really understanding what any of that meant. It's just what I said and believed. Um, and so I found the fact that these were respectable and intelligent people. I was like, oh, that's weird. Um, and so the conversations that sprung up were really helpful. But I think the reason I was asking so many questions was because I think it's, it's hard to remember the older I get. It seems like the less I remember, but <laughs> I think funny that. I think the, the very early on, like I think I want to say even late primary school, like I was already thinking about like, like dying and what it like meant to die. Um, and I think pretty early on it, like it scared me quite a lot. Mm -hmm. um, and I do distinctly remember like particularly early high school, um, just like not being able to sleep some nights because of like how anxious it made me. Um, just like not having an answer. Mm. And I think reflecting on it now, I understand what that, how those thoughts impacted me at the time. Um, Cause I was very like directionless, you might say in high school. Like I didn't do the work. I didn't want to study. I didn't want to, I didn't want to work like, you know, long-term. I had no prospects kind of just like was just, hanging out um so um yeah the future for me was just like a big question mark <laughs> i was like what happens when i die what happens when i leave high school um and i just didn't know and i think because i was so uncertain about my own existence and what happens when i die i had no motivation to try do anything um and like i was just unenthused about a lot of stuff. I just wanted to do what I wanted to do and basically just feel good um, to, you know, because why not? Like, what, what's the point? Um, so I just played a lot of games, just ate crap, drank crap, like energy drinks all the time, just like didn't take care of myself. And then come end of high school, I started like drinking um, and getting into like the party culture. And so I was exposed to some level of like, you know, drug use, not nothing crazy, um, but enough like any 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 use will affect you i think um but luckily nothing too damaging i don't think um brain's still intact but um <laughs> i think particularly towards the latter end of high school like because i think for a lot of people the end of high school is pretty scary mm. um because you're sort of um institutionalized for 12 years plus maybe if you go to preschool being in school like five days of your week is sorted out for you mm. and you have homework and all these things that your life revolves around, which suddenly just disappear. Mm. Um, and so once that, and I already, I already knew that would be the case because I knew I didn't have, I wasn't keen on uni. I wasn't keen on working. I didn't have any aspirations bigger than myself. Um, I was like, Oh man, like, I think I was dreading it. And yeah. then it happened and I'm like, Oh, well, there it is. <laughs> um, yeah. And I think for a long time, 
after that, I just just didn't do anything. Just played games, hung out with friends. Pardon me. Um, and then I started going to TAFE um, to do a diploma in sound production, which I did nothing with. But I mostly did that. In fact, I almost exclusively did that to get my like family and friends off my back to like appear like I was doing something, mm. which I've since sort of found out is actually not that uncommon. Um, I know quite a few people and like I've heard similar anecdotes of people just going, like my mum's friend from work, her son, um, not that long ago confessed to her that um, he'd been going to uni for two years and hadn't gone at all because he just wanted to, you know, to, to get people off his back to, to, mm-hmm. to look like he was doing something. That's interesting. Um, which I think is probably going to become even more common as people lack a firm direction and, and purpose in life. Um, but that was my case. So anyways, TAFE again was like a blur because it gave, again, people the illusion I was doing something, but really like I was bumming around at TAFE and I would, I would often not even turn up. Um, but I would go to the city and just walk around to, because I couldn't stay at home, right? Because mum might come home early or a neighbor might see me. And then, you know, it was, that was probably like paranoid thinking, but that was my logic then. Mm. It was quite secretive. Um, and yeah, the drinking and stuff got worse and, you know, life was looking pretty grim at that time. I was like, and I, I stopped going to church less and less. Oh, I should have clarified. I was going to church and youth group really consistently from like year eight to 12. And then it started to sort of peter off um, during this time when I was like in a relationship and I was doing TAFE and I was probably drinking the most I ever was. Um, and yeah, the need for direction and purpose was probably at its highest. Um, and I do remember, I think people naturally remember like key moments in the memories and I'm sure there are many other moments like it, but it just stands out to me as this one moment where I'm like, I keep thinking about, and I remember it is kind of a funny story. We, we went to Newtown festival, um, which I don't know if you guys know, it's just like a big food and music thing. Um, one of our friends knew about a bush doof that was happening not far can you explain from, from for people that don't know what a bush doof is can you explain well i've only is? ever been the one so i might not be the best to ask and i was very intoxicated a bush doof is just like techno rave in the middle of the bush yeah basically yeah. um but there's like you can play music for as loud as you want as long as you want well basically because yeah typically there's no one there to get angry about noise or mm. it's not even regulated right you're just doing it somewhere yeah um so anyways i, don't, I can't even remember how we got there um, we were, we had, we had drunk a lot that day. I think we got to Newtown at like 10 AM. And by the time we got to the door, it was like midnight and we were drinking the whole day. Um, so we were pretty drunk. Um, and when we got to this bush door, it's like pitch black and there's just all this, you know, it would be hard enough to even comprehend if you were sober. Um, but like, I just remember like riding a bike. It's like, I don't know where the bike came from. <laughs> um, and all this other stuff. Anyways. I remember just like something happened. I don't know. Or I just walked off and I just sort of like laid down on a hill. Um, and I don't know, maybe if you've had any experience like drinking in high school and stuff. Um, I think for a lot of people, for me in particular, you're sort of uninhibited when you drink. Um, and for a lot of people, that's just like emotions and behavior. But for me too, I think it was something like it's sort of uninhibited thought. Um, And so like all these things that I sort of just like repressed and didn't think about would often come to light when I drank. 
And so I'd become very sad when I drank. Um, and that particular night, I was sort of, I laid on this hill just looking, you know, at the, at the sky. Um, and I just kind of thought like, you know, you know, this relationship, which had been going for like almost six years at that point, which I'd put a lot of importance on. Cause I was like, I think a lot of people, it's very easy to make your partner, your, your everything. You know, people say that you are my everything. Right. Um, and so that was kind of, you know, that was keeping me going, um, for a little bit. Um, but then I was like, it's going to end. Like there was just wasn't working. It was quite bad. Um, and I thought like, I don't know what to study. I don't know what I'm going to do. Like I've come no closer to understanding anything. I think I was like 20 or 21 at that time. And I just like was just crying on this hill basically. Um, I was just like, man, just don't know what to do. Um, and then I'm, I'm now trying to recollect the whole, the whole the, the, the timeline. <laughs> I think another, this, I mean, it'll be abbreviated either way. I think another really pivotal point was I met this guy called Matt through my friend Luke. And Matt is another older guy. I think I would have been 21 when I met him. He would have been 30 something. And um, Matt was living in Sydney at the time, met my friend Luke through TAFE. And then we started playing games together. And Matt and I got along really well because we liked all these niche things. Um, and I didn't read at the time. Matt's always been a big reader. And so one of the things Matt was always egging me on to do was, you know, read, read, read. And I was like, no, nah, I don't care. Um, anyways, Matt and I were in a pretty volatile headspace at the time and so we often fought and in this particular moment we weren't talking to like, one another like argued yeah we fought yeah. and got angry with each Did other you actually have a 50 cuffs or no we've never we've never fought never come to not yet those. um <laughs> not yet um <laughs> he's he's currently having lunch with ethan i think isn't he is he? I yeah. believe so. Oh, sick invite. <laughs> yeah. If you're listening, Matt. <laughs> I said, I said to Ethan, bring him down and come on the podcast. He it's would be such a, surprise a He'd be such a good person to have on the yeah. podcast. Um, well, I'm going to spoil part of his story because it's <laughs> intertwined with mine. That's fine. Um, so we hadn't talked uh, for a few months. And then- Wow, well, was that bad? Yeah. What did you, can I ask what you argued over? Oh, it's it's so like, it's, it's hard to explain because it's not, it's not, that logical. <laughs> like, Welcome to most you, arguments. You just get, you, I, like if you've, particularly with siblings, right? You just get angry with them. Just things yeah. they do, the way they are, just makes you angry. Mm. And so you get angry at them and you just bicker and you fight and you just say mean things to each other. It was just that, it was stupid, right? It was just, it was just us bickering. Um, and it was during like the 2019 to 2020 bushfires, the really massive ones. Yeah. He had just moved to, oh, I don't think it was bigger. It was near bigger at least. I think it was bigger. He moved down south anyway. Yeah. yeah. Um, and he had just set up home and basically he woke up one night and like the whole town was just going insane because it was burning down basically. Um, and so he just had to pick up his cats and whatever he could and run. And his, and his entire house was burnt down. Um, but some time passed and he... I don't even know how he contacted me because I think, I don't think we we had a way to contact each other at the time because we had unadded each other or whatever on <laughs> Discord. <laughs> I, yeah, it was so stupid. Um, but anyways, he reached out to me and he told me like, I think he might have texted me. He just texted me. I think he texted me one night and was like, my house is burnt down and or something. And I was like, oh, okay. Um, and then we I think we met up very soon after that once he came to Sydney to stay with family. And so we just hadn't talked for months, but this bushfire just brought us back together. I don't know. Sometimes a, a big thing like that just brings you together, even if you're, the thing's not resolved. Anyways, we got together 
And um, he, we were at Miranda Fair, a shopping mall, and he was like, you have to read, we're reading a book together. And we're like, okay. So we read um, Animal Farm, George Orwell's Animal Farm, um, which is a good pick because it has, it has depth, but it's also very easy to read. That's probably why they teach in high school. <laughs> yeah. And that was like basically the first book I ever read because I wanted to read a book. Um, and then that started a long correspondence of us picking books and reading them together and then chatting on Discord about it. But this eventually led to um, Ethan Crawshaw, our friend, getting involved as well in two particular book clubs we did. Uh, one book was a book I wanted to read, which was a Japanese novel called Silence, uh, written by a Japanese Catholic Christian um, about, it's a historical fiction about, you know, the Jesuit um, missionaries that were persecuted in Japan during the 1800s. Um, and then through reading that, Ethan was like, oh, like you guys are interested in religious thought. Why don't you read Mere Christianity by C.S. Lewis? And we're like, oh, okay. Mm. Um, and that book was like, I wouldn't say like that book somehow made, it didn't like win me over, so to speak, but it, it sort of just put into words and very good words at that, um, everything I'd been thinking about and trying to make sense of for a really long time. And I was like, oh, like, like he gets it. Like he said it, you know what I mean? Um, and I think that started me, I'd begun to get interested very seriously interested, I think, um, in Christianity at that point um, and begun reading other books. I don't know how, I still, I actually do not have any recollection of how it came into my possession, but I read Leo Tolstoy's Confession, which is just like a short book about how he became a Christian, basically. Um, and that was another book where I was like, oh, like I just, there are just people who get it, like who, who have just saying things I've felt and thought my whole life. Mm-hmm. Um, and things just started to make sense, I think, at that point. But the the whole thing about actually believing in God was still quite hard. Um, but I think that the, probably like one of the best pieces of advice I've ever received came from mere Christianity um, and has come up in other books I've read since. But C.S. Lewis basically says, um, if you're unsure, if you're a Christian, just start just start living as a Christian because you're not going to be a Christian yeah. until you live as a Christian. I remember that part, yeah. Um, so it's like, if you're unsure that God's there, try praying to him. <laughs> um, if you're unsure about the Bible, read the Bible. If you want to meet, if you want to know what other Christians are like, go to church. Um, you know what I mean? And so I think that was a big thing for me. I was like, oh, I just need to start doing it because um, I'm not going to be a Christian until I do it. I think people just expect some sort of Paul on the Damascus road experience of like mm. Jesus before you, you know, <laughs> become a Christian. Um, but it's really not right. Um, well, for most people. Um, and in terms of events, I don't know how much else transpired between then and me calling Ethan one night. Yeah. And we were on schoolies. You were on schoolies, yeah. another schoolies. Um, <laughs> And I said to Ethan, I could don't, I, Ethan, we were talking about this the other day because I sent him a voice message on Messenger. Yeah. So the message is still there, but yeah. neither of us have listened to it. Wow. So I'd, love to, I'd, I'd love to know what it says. Yeah. yeah. We, um, might, we might have to dig that out. We might yeah. put it in if it's, if it's not cringe. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I, I, I think I've effectively said something, something, something. I think I'm a Christian. Not sure. Went to bed. Um, and then Ethan has checked his phone at some point 
absurd hour, like yeah. two in the morning. Yeah. And was like, whoa. Um, <laughs> and started freaking out. And then I think. I'm trying to remember which schoolies it was. I don't remember. Rob, I think it was Rob, Riley, and Nadi. I think that's. Him. That could be it. Yeah. And then that was sort of just it. I think yeah, it was just very gradual from that point on. Like the, the point. The point reaching the the conversion, if you could even call it that, was very slow. Mm. And then afterwards, like everything else was just really gradual. Mm. Like understanding prayer, like really formulating beliefs. Um, Fish, which schoolies were we on when Ethan when, Ethan has just walked into the room? When Lewis texted you saying he was a Christian. Was it Rob? Oh, was it that one? Uh-huh. Yeah, okay, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Do you have the voice memo of him, of well, Lewis becoming we, we a Christian? We spoke about it the other day. Because I sent yeah. you a voice message, remember? I'm just wondering, maybe we can put it right at the end of the episode. We're talking like, to fish off It camera. depends what it says. You'd have to, um, I don't even know how you'd find the message because you couldn't word search for it. <laughs> He's just scrolling through. Th- that would have been you can't. You can't. You could not scroll back. That were the 2020 just, schoolies? Yeah. There's years. That's literally years of messages. That would take a long time. Maybe word search like, what, yeah, word search what you would have said. No, but he sent me a voice message. Oh, damn. Can you search for voice Who messages? Who speaks in voice messages? I know. There's people that do that, though. There's people that just send voice messages. We don't, that, that's, that was an unusual thing. I only yeah. did that because I needed. I wanted to leave Ethan. You didn't want to talk to him? You no, because I called him, but he didn't yeah. pick up. Okay. And then yeah. I was like, well, I'm not going to type this out because it was like a minute and a half or something. Yeah. And so I just said it. Um, yeah. Oh, <laughs> He's actually, actually trying to it, scroll back it, it, through like three years of messages. He's in twenty twenty two. He's been scrolling for that's about cool. two minutes. But in terms in terms of like chronological events, that's that's the that's the events half. It's I a mean, cool story about the me. internal stuff. That's separate. But yeah, I think what I reflected on, which is really cool, is I love that. I love. Oh, I didn't even say. It. Like, I love that. God used that bushfire to bring Matt and I together to then eventually read to us reading the Bible together. And he, him and I both became a Christian around almost the same time mm. within mm. a month of each other. Mm. So, yeah, yeah, that's why it's an amazing story. That's mm. why it's really cool to get you back on here and talk yeah. about it. There was one question I was going to ask you though, like yeah. just listening to all that, you're saying that, and I think you, as you've talked about, uh, like observing, making observations about Australians and stuff okay, like that. Yeah. So I, I appreciate the way that that's something I really love about you. Is you're really reflective and think deeply about stuff. But I was going to ask you because you talked about um, a couple of things in there, just like feeling directionless, mm. like not knowing what life held for you, mm. kind of thing. And that you also, when you went to youth, you felt like there was a bit of that for you. And the reason that I'm asking that is because I'm wondering if other guys feel like that too. Because like recently on the Shock Resolver, we talked about apparently, this is from American research, but there's a friendship recession, especially for men mm-hmm. in the US. We started kind of talking about it a little bit, but I'm kind of like interested to talk about those kind of things because uh, I think it's important to look at what men struggle struggle with as well. But mm. uh the other thing that I was going to add into that is that apparently, because um, uh, I've been, because I'm coaching boys that are only eight or nine years old at soccer, but like apparently they, at some point when they become a teenager, they start listening heaps less to their parents, mm. and so but they look for the those role models outside of the home as well to help them with that. So, all in that, what do you what do you think about that? And I'd, I'd love to hear if you thought 
like if you became a Christian earlier, for example, is that would something that would have helped you become a Christian earlier if you had more of that? Mm. Yeah. Okay. There's uh, a lot in that. Sorry. There is a lot in that. I'm no, just throwing good. it all around, but I want, just want to hear what you think. No, that makes sense. Um, <coughs> I think for me, when I was particularly young, I didn't actively look. I didn't actively um, look to my parents in a role model way, at least knowingly. Like, like I think some some children would be like, "Oh, my mum or my dad are my heroes." Um, I don't think I ever thought that. Um, not because I hated my parents; I just didn't. Um, and funnily enough, in high school, um, sorry to buck the trend, but I think in high school I started to think like, "Oh, my dad, my dad's cool," because my dad like plays in bands and he likes music and stuff. And I, yep. at the time, was like really interested in music not playing music just music history and music um as a medium um but i think it's pretty typical like all the way back to beatlemania like for young people to just idolize and respect you know like people in pop culture and media um whether it be film directors or movie stars or musicians like everyone sort of got someone like that you know they've got, they've got the poster of someone in their room right mm-hmm. um and so uh, I th- mine were motor racing drivers <laughs> <laughs> and uh, footballers. To, to reach the run. Mm. To reach the run. Well, it's funny yeah. you just went full artistic. You just said, "Oh, like film directors or artists." Oh uh, yeah, I'm probably, I'm probably speaking from my <laughs> circles. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, I'm like, okay, I got a massive Liverpool poster and then yeah. a massive Slipknot poster. <laughs> yes, <laughs> there's a couple. Yes. There's a couple of very That's eclectic so bands yeah. on my wall. Yeah, I think I had a Beatles poster and. I don't think that was my only band poster. Oh, I had a Nirvana one, actually. Yeah. Nirvana. Nirvana was huge. I had a, I had a, rage, I had a Raging as Machine. I had a Raging as nice. Machine as well. Yeah. Nice. Very cool. Um, <laughs> We're just living our childhoods. Ethan <laughs> signed. Ethan, did you find it? No, I just swiped for that whole time. I was just scrolling. And then I scrolled and then I accidentally hit the react button and now I'm all the way back. <laughs> <laughs> for those who didn't hear that, Ethan accidentally... Undid all his progress, <laughs> basically. Young whoopsied is what just happened. All right. Well, we still got plenty of the podcast to go. So, <laughs> yep. if you want to keep doing that, you can. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, I think for me in high school, like I started to like want to um, emulate my dad and my grandpa because my grandpa's also really into music and playing in bands because um, I respected musicians and the, the music culture and this sort of stuff. And that was part of my reason I did sound production, as I mentioned before, yeah. not because I was genuinely capable or passionate about the industry but you know it was sort of i can't play an instrument so how else can i get involved in music well i could be a roadie or a producer or something um but i'm trying to remember exactly what you said role models and yeah i think a lot of i think without realizing it a lot of my youth leaders were my role models already um Mm. Another Crawshaw has entered the room. H. <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I think growing up, like in high school, I often thought like my youth leaders like treated me better and were nicer, more genuine people than sort of anyone I knew. And I think without admitting it or realizing it, they were my bigger role models already, which is like I sort of mentioned before, it was good growing up as a guy with only year seven or, you know, whatever my age was, boys. Um, and dad, dad dad, is present in my life, but my parents have been split my whole life. So dad's not a major figure in my life either. So I think male role models particularly were really good to have. 
but also I think having like older women in my life too. Mm. Um, I think for a lot of high schoolers, like your female friends are like, you either, there's sort of two people, you either have lots of guys and kind of girlfriends and it's just like chill and doesn't, be, but most guys are just like, I have guy friends, that's it. And if they meet a girl, they will probably want to start dating her. Like that's, so that seems to be the pattern. <laughs> you know, that, that is my anecdotal experience of what I've seen. Like typically if, if you're in a guy centric circles only, um, any girl you meet is, you know, mm. is someone you would like to date basically, mm. or will become that. Um, and so I think having older girls in my life too, um, or women, there were women, um, was really helpful too, just to have, just that they could give voice to women generally, that girls aren't just this thing that boys want and can have, like that the actually mature people who have thoughts and stuff too. Um, <laughs> crazy. Jeez. But it's serious, like when you're at, when you are um, stupid year seven, eight boy. Yeah. Um, do you, have any, you don't have any sisters though, do you? No. Yeah. Okay. I lived with my mum. Like I pretty much live exclusively <laughs> with my mum. Yeah. And have done so mm. for all my life. Mm -hmm. um, but like your, your parents sort of occupy this weird other realm. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like your mum and your dad are just like, they're mum and dad. They're not, they're not boy or girl or man <laughs> or woman. You know what yeah, I mean? It's yeah. just like- Yeah, yeah. mum and dad. They've been there ever since the beginning. Yeah, it's yep. just mum and dad. Like what else needs well, to be said? Well, that's why I asked you the question about like, cause I've, I've got a sister. I wonder if like your perspective on that, as you're saying with- changed with women is mm. that i wonder if how that's affected if you did have a sister or not oh definitely and i think like growing up like i was either alone or with my stepbrother and then yeah. my friendship group was like predominantly mm. males yeah it's interesting um, hey? going sort of later in high school i started to meet and become friends with a few girls and i think for a long time too they probably became i think i found pretty quickly that girls are more willing to like talk about serious things than yeah. boys at least at that age <laughs> and so i think um, these girls sort of became like we would sort of emotionally confide in one another when we couldn't with other dudes or whatever. Yeah. Um, and that was also helpful. But again, like you have a pretty skewed vision mm. of like what gender is in high school. Um, I think the role model thing though, like I think, I think for a lot of boys, they're looking for that, but they don't know they're looking for that. Yeah, you don't you don't want to admit it. Yeah, like no one wants to admit they don't know stuff, stuff, or that <laughs> or that they're relying Life. on someone else for because everyone wants to be self made and independent and yeah. whatever. Well, um, you're gaining a lot of independence around that time. Yeah, definitely. Which is where you kind of maybe some like you're kind of a little bit rebellious against mm. your parents, and then so you start liking. I remember like. Just even my family be like, my parents were like, oh, you like that music? <laughs> like, because yeah. like, I was into like Raging Us Machine and Lib Biscuit and, and bands, bands like that. And then, but then I went all the, like even earlier and I'm like, oh, where do all these bands get their influences from? Like Led Zeppelin and stuff. Yeah. And even my parents aren't into any yeah. of that either. So that's, that's funny. That's funny because my dad and mum have pretty similar music tastes and growing up, I liked a lot of their, their music tastes. So mm. like the grunge and the new wave and, um, you know, whatever broadly, but now as I'm, I'm older, I have pretty markedly different <laughs> tastes to my parents. Mm. And <laughs> it's just funny that you mentioned your anecdote of listening to like bands like Limp Bizkit and stuff. And you mentioned your Slipknot poster. Cause I got into <laughs> Slipknot this year <laughs> as a 24 year old. And my mum <laughs> came into the garage the other day when I was listening to them. And she said something along the lines of like, 
I can't believe you listened to this crap. Like, <laughs> That's so, so funny. Nothing changes. I probably it was at the end of last year. I had a Slipknot resurgence. Like I bought their first album when I was nice. in high school, and then didn't listen to it for ages. And then I had a resurgence, and then oh. wouldn't stop talking about them for ages. <laughs> Bro, they're so good. They can, are. I, can I hop in real quick? Yes, I know, I know you're in the middle of a really funny thing, but I got to go. <laughs> I couldn't find the voice recording, but I could find something which I think happened pretty close to it, uh, where. You sent me an emoji and then I was like, what? And then you said, uh, do you reckon I should just say I'm a Christian at this point? And I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, yeah, probably. Eh? And he's like, well, I just gave Neve the impression that I was when we were speaking at it. So it probably means I am. And I'm like, probably. Um, and then you swore and then you said something else. And then, and then I was like, just have you, have you prayed? The, the becoming a Christian prayer. And I was like describing that. And he's like, yeah, I mean, I already have like a few weeks ago. No. Well, something along those lines. And then in all caps, I'm like, when did you do that? And why didn't you tell me? And he's like, oh yeah, my own version, I guess. And then I just sent a whole lot of capital letters. We need to screen record this and Ed can put it in. Yeah, I will, I will. There are so many emoji, like just, just stickers that I'm sending through to show my excitement. And then we had this whole big old conversation out of that. But that was on the... 29th of November in 2020. Do a quick screen recorder. I'll I'll screen record that. Sick. That'd be cool. I gotta go. No worries. Thanks, mate. I literally have no recollection of that. (laughs) 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 Because I've seen. Really? really? Surely Um, it would have been. Surely Facebook have got it somewhere. I'll dig deep. I'll dig deep. That's November. We went on that schoolies in (coughs) December. Or was it that the one that was in January? No, it wasn't January. Yeah, so it would have been December, schoolies. This has been a very sidetracked podcast. <laughs> no, this is, they're the best. It is, two, it's fun. It's part the best two, ones. bro. It's all good. Do I get three parts as well? <laughs> if Depend, if you've got more beef. Yeah, you need to start a fight <laughs> okay. this Saturday. Yeah. I'll start fighting with Matt again. <laughs> and, then <laughs> we can, and then we'll get him on. Yeah, yeah. that's a great idea. Uh, yeah. Yes. But just record it all like a like a... Um, like a documentary. Like he doesn't know you're doing it. <laughs> yeah, it's just like <laughs> found footage. Film. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's all in like black and white. <laughs> yep. Um, I forget where we were at talking about role models. Oh, yeah, the friendship. Yeah. The, the, what'd you call it? The friendship something like lack of friendship in men. Oh yes. Yeah, so I was using Going that down. as an example of like, since the, uh, the pandemic, Oh, okay. The research is showing that even that men didn't have many friends to begin with. Yeah, and it's far less than the eighties, and yep. then even have even less now. Now I find that and so interesting. I, I mean, because um, uh-huh. the reason I asked because you were saying that you were just like participate in some behavior that was kind of like, well, I've there's no hope, there's no like, I don't really even know understand my existence, mm. so I can just do whatever I want. Do mm. you think that's a thing for a lot of? guys that age i think it i think it well presumably it, it underlies any sort of secular thinking to an extent like if you don't believe in a exterior moral framework mm. like what what do you appeal to for like right and wrong or mm. what you should do yeah. um so not not like i i know a lot of um still am friends of like people who are either non-christian or atheist um who who disagree with like my conclusions. And I remember discussing with people at the, the time, you know, we would chat about the stuff like, yeah, you know, we don't believe in God and um, 
you know, you, there's nothing after you die and blah, blah, blah. But the conclusions we reached are so different. Mm-hmm. You know, some people were like, oh, like, it's fine. Like, I'm just chill. Like, because it's, you know, there's, there's going to be nothing. So whatever. And I was like, yeah, there is nothing. And so that was part of my fear and anxiety was like, if there's nothing, then I can't make sense of anything I do now. Yeah. Um, and so I, I've, I've, I remember arguing with people about that. And I think for me, a lot of high school was just like, there's just a total apathy towards death and like big, big questions like this. Like people just don't care. Mm. And uh, doing scripture and chip lunch and youth group now as a Christian, the same thing still applies. People just don't care. Um, and at the time, people's apathy drove me insane. Like I was, I was infuriated by it. I was like, how can you not care about so you're this? you're like searching for like really strong, you're searching for purpose. Well, well just an answer for anything. Like, yeah. Yeah. Um, because I, I don't think I ever firmly believed like, oh, there's nothing when you die. Like that was my assumption. Like that's probably the case, but I never like would die on that hill sort of thing. Mm. Um, and so I was like, I need to find out w- what the truth is. Um, and I think reflecting on it, that was pretty, that was a pretty, um, what's the word? It's pretty volatile because depending on what answer I found, it could have been like pretty bad news for me. You know <laughs> what I mean? Right? Like seriously, um, yeah. like- yeah, I remember having pretty dark thoughts yeah, okay. like growing up in high school. And I do, I do vaguely remember often thinking like if I was ever fully convinced that like there was nothing when I died, like I don't know what would happen to me sort of thing. Like I don't know if I'd bother to keep living sort of thing. Mm. Um, but so yeah, I was pretty distressed about that all throughout high school. And yet like people would often look at me and be like, Lewis is lazy, Lewis doesn't care. I was like, yeah, that's true. But that, it, it was always, that was what was underlying it. And that was the sort of stuff I couldn't talk to anyone except my youth leaders about because their entire purpose of youth leading was to talk about death and answers to death and truth and what they think is true. Um, and yeah, there were definitely some attempts by me to to search for truth in that time. Um, and... So I think that was sort of like my my early, the, the seedlings, if you will, of my interest. And in, oh, everyone's on their phones now. No, wow. Fish just texted wow. me to do with you. And he said, the day after Convo, the messages, sorry, the day after that conversation, the messages have Lewis adding me as a friend on the Bible app. Also oh. messages after saying, don't tell anyone. <laughs> which he already did. And then he sent her a screenshot, which I'm sure we can have later. Which he did. That dog <laughs> told everyone. <laughs> okay, I'm not going to read out this next bit, but I could. Oh. Can you abbreviate it? I can use. Ethan said the angels in heaven are having a party. And then you said, Oath, next step, become a youth leader. Done. And then you said, Next step, find a base Christian wife. <laughs> 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 and then I'm not going to read the last one. <laughs> <laughs> may, I, may I view this as well? You are a funny dude. <laughs> yeah, don't, don't, don't delete that image. <laughs> uh, yeah, sorry, we probably shouldn't read that out on the podcast, but it's very funny and you're yeah, awesome. Funny. Um, <laughs> I was going to ask you, though, like we've talked about a lot about you becoming Christian. Do you want to say something first? Well, no, I think I was in the middle of saying something, but oh, I, I now forget it. Oh, that's okay. Oh, because we were texting. Sorry, I got a text oh. from my from my um, father anyway. Damn. Uh, and he's, he's currently was, in hospital. So oh. it's just, it's all, it's all good. Oh, cool. um, 
the oh, I can't remember. Yeah, you go now. It'll come back. Yeah, well, it'll you probably be able to weave it back in. I think, but uh, we talked about like you you were talking about. Oh, you didn't know what to do. You're like doing sound production, even though that was just to get people off your back all yeah. the time. But then you actually started doing going to YouthWorks College, and now you're currently at Moore College. Yeah. So talk to us about that, like, because that's a, you, such a big you, job. You've just reminded me of yeah. like what I was working up to, which does lead into that. Great, so let's I'll, do it. I'll take a few steps back. In terms of the directionless and the, you know, the, the, the stuff we're seeing now with like men, people broadly speaking just have less friends. Mm. Um, and something I've noticed is a lot of people have a lot of online friends now. Um, and something I've been reading a lot about lately is the differences between uh, a physical in-person relationship versus a digital relationship, which is something I already understood growing up because my, my six-year relationship was partly long-term, or long-distance, sorry, at one point. Mm. Um, so for a few years, I already understood what that meant and the differences that it meant. But growing up in high school, for me, like um, my, despite my directionless and my purposelessness, I always found satisfaction and meaning in my relationships. Mm. Um, and so being friends with people, um, and I guess in my own view taking care of people although i probably didn't do a very good job of it um as a high school boy but um that was often enough to just keep me distracted and keep me going um so i think in in a in an ironically selfishly selfless way i was i put my i got my satisfaction for living in living for others but i wasn't like i wasn't that sacrificial on my living like you know my 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 drive and my Happiness came from relationships, mm -hmm. not necessarily selfless relationships, but just relationships. You were getting something out of it. Yeah, that's right. And which is why I said selfishly selfless. <laughs> um, but then getting closer to the Matt Bigger bushfire reading shenanigans, um, I sort of, <laughs> mom was sort of like, you know, I think this came, this came at a point basically where the drinking got like to a point where I was like, I just needed to stop. I, I kind of made the decision that I was going to stop going to parties because every time I went to a party, I would just end up like sad or something. Um, and it was just becoming a problem. And so I was like, no, nah, screw it. I'm done. Um, around that time, a friend asked me if I wanted to start rock climbing with him. And so I started like willingly exercising for the first time in my life as well. <laughs> and so I started like, with, without even realizing it, I was already making all these big steps towards like sort of improving my life mm. um and then mum at that time was like you should do something to do with people because you like mm. chatting to people mum always told me and still does tell me in fact that i make friends with weird people <laughs> um, <laughs> um and so she's yeah so she was like you should do counseling or do something like that and so i did i did a diploma of counseling and i think by the end of it by the end of it my relationship ended and between I can't remember exactly when, very close towards the end of it, I became a Christian. And then I started doing social work because I was like, well, I can do Christian things somehow <laughs> through social work, not really understanding what that meant. Um, and then I got to uni and I was literally taught Marxism and gender theory in the first week, um, stuff I already like pretty passionately disagreed about. And so I was like, not, I'm not about it. So I dropped down in one week. Um, of university and I literally was like reverted to step one so I, I don't know where I'm going um and so I was, thought there was something and then yeah that's right because it was like momentum 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 and back yep. and so again I was like crap 
Um, and I mentioned that to talk to Stu, the pastor, about it. And he was like, well, you've just become a Christian. Why don't you just go to YouthWorks College? And you can just learn about faith and the Bible and just, you know, do something for the meantime and see what happens. And I'm like, oh, okay, that seems reasonable. Like I'd better to do that than just sort of rot away and wait for something to happen. Um, and so I did. And YouthWorks, the two years at YouthWorks was just awesome. Um, glowing recommendation, very good. Um, I was joking about more college before. They are also good, don't worry. Um, and yeah, like my, my faith and my knowledge of the Bible grew exponentially during that time. Um, and I didn't plan on going to more college at the time. I thought I would go back and either do teaching or more counseling stuff. But then I think it's one of those moments where like you realize how bad we are at taking the message. Um, <laughs> and I, I think I, I sort of, it just sort of hit me one day that I was like, you know, I've literally been dabbling and looking for crap to do my whole life and none of it has stuck. And I've just had like two ripper years at youth works and I yeah. love ministry. Yeah. It's like, am I stupid? Like, obviously <laughs> I'm going to go to more like, <laughs> duh. Um, and that came after a really strangely fruitful conversation. Joey, one of our pastors, knew a guy currently at more college and I met up with him when I was at college because youth works and more are next to each other. And um, he was a missionary in Japan and I was sort of telling him like, oh, I'm thinking of like learning Japanese so I can become a teacher and then do mission in Japan. And he was like, okay, that's good. But then he basically, in a very gentle way, basically said like, yeah, you could, you could learn what you'd learn in like three or four years at uni in one year, just living in Japan. Mm. Um, also like you need more theological training. <laughs> you've been a Christian for two years. And I'm like, oh, yeah, okay. And that, that, that seemed very reasonable. Mm. And I was like, cool. Um, and literally, I think I applied that that night and um, got in. Um, I think both, both the youth works and the more college application story is kind of funny because Stu called up um, Mike Dicker, who wasn't the principal then, but it was like, you know, I've got this guy who wants to join youth works. And I think they were four or five weeks in to college at that point. So pretty late. Um, and I got the, I got an interview like the day after, I think. Um, and they were like, so you've been a Christian for like less than six months and you're going to start five weeks late. And I was like, yeah. Um, and then they let me in. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> and then the, the more college one was like, oh, so you've been a Christian for like two years and you're like significantly younger than the rest of the more college um, entries. And I'm like, yep. And then I got in somehow. <laughs> so yeah, I think God's God's making it work. Making yeah, it happen. I yeah. think so. Yeah. So that's happening, mm. and that's pretty excellent, I think. Um, yeah. But in terms of like again, the direction still it's still a thing that I find challenging because end of the day, like it's one thing I could just say like, oh, I'm you know I'm studying the Bible and I'll do ministry. I don't know what ministry is going to look like, you know. Um, and it's ministry is great, and I would do any ministry, but. Like the fact is I need money to be alive. Um, so, you know, um, how, how's that going to work? You know, I, I still, the, the problem of like, what is the job still exists for me. And so like mm. the future can often become quite um, daunting to think about still, but it's definitely better. And also like, just like that has formed a sort of prayerful reliance of like, you know, I just need to trust that wherever I'm going, it's, it's okay. Mm -hmm. 
I think in the reasonably short amount of time that I've known you, I've seen you grow so incredibly fast. And I don't know if it's because, like, you know, we all have different stories about becoming a Christian. I shared last week that I thought there was always something missing. And when Christianity came around and I heard the gospel, that's when it clicked for me. But I'm, like, I think you, I mean, I think, were you coming to church or church events or church activities for about seven years before you became a Christian? I think it was it was like nine-ish. Nine years. Yeah. 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 That was youth group. That was mm. church. That was week away. Yeah. I went to week away twice. Before, <laughs> being, uh, before, yeah, okay. before becoming a Christian. That was very funny. Which is like a five-day church mm. camp where you hear a sermon every morning and have a Bible study every morning. I also mm. was going to Bible study towards the end of it too. Yeah. yeah. But that's what I'm saying. Like, it's kind of funny in your story. Like, you kind of picked up a lot of that before you became a Christian. Whereas a lot of other people's yeah. stories are like they become a Christian and then they'll do all that stuff, which is, yeah, I think your story is quite unique in that way. But it's funny that it, like, your, well, I was going to say indoctrination, but that's not the <laughs> right word, is it? But you're like, it's close enough. Picking up what it means to live, a Christ, live as a Christian was a lot. Like there was a plenty of that happening mm. prior to you actually becoming a Christian. Mm. And that's why I think it's interesting when the same with youth works. Is it, yes, you'd only been a Christian for six months, but you'd been around Christians for a very long time mm-hmm. and then gone to youth works and same with going to more. Yeah. Which is, it's just a fascinating insight into your, into your story, that's all. And by the way, you have magnificent eyebrows. <laughs> My <laughs> eyebrows? Yeah, I've like, been looking at you for a while. I'm like, you've got great wow. eyebrows. It's really, really, they're really, really good. <laughs> Maybe they'll win me that Christian wife I wanted in, in 2020. <laughs> <laughs> Do you disagree though? Oh, look at them. No, I'm not. I can't look at them. They're fantastic. No, I'm not going there. Just one of many. Just of one Lewis's of them. Many, <laughs> just one of them. No, it's just one of Lewis's this is taking many, a strange turn. many fantastic qualities. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Um, yeah. Really maybe that's what got me into YouthWorks. Oh, yeah. maybe. They're like, that guy. I mean, how I'm could you argue with those eyebrows? <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, though, it is interesting you mentioned that. I read um, for college. Recently, we had to read an article and talk about it for an assessment. But in the article, he's talking about um, how the Christian life is modeled, like Christ is the model for the Christian's way of life, broadly speaking. Um, And that through that Christian behavior, if it is genuine Christian living and behavior, actually reflects like the gospel, right? Um, Which is, I think, also explicitly said in the Bible, living as a witness and whatnot it's like salt and light that tim talked about last yeah that's week, right yep um and so i think and he was talking about how particularly in the context of like younger people like he was sharing about how as a child he learnt about like grace and generosity through the way that his parents um would have a sunday dinner with this like person that he as a child considered to be like annoying and you know gross i think he came from like a village nearby um and the as a child, he was like, why are we having this guy over? Like, he's, he's annoying. Um, <laughs> and the parents are like, well, you know, like we're going to have a feast in heaven together with him one day. And, um, you know, Christ has died for all of us. And, you know, Christ didn't want to come to earth to put up with us. Like, you know, blah, blah, <laughs> blah. Um, so he did. But, you know, in the sense that it wasn't like, we're not great people. Um, he, he came to forgive sinners. Um, and so through like, witnessing that behavior and then questioning his parents and seeing how it connected to the Bible. He was like, Oh, I get it. Um, and so I think for me, like I mentioned early on, like the, 
the influence of my youth leaders and the pastors and even Christian friends, similar to my age. I think, I think before I became a Christian, I already knew and had even really read the Bible properly. I think I knew what Christianity was and that I wanted mm. to do it yeah. um, or, you know, pursue it. Um, and that was another early thought too. I was like, even if it's not real, like I think I just want to live as a Christian because I just I'm I'm convinced that it's the best way to live. Um, so yeah, that answered a lot of those questions that you had growing up. It feels like that mm. that was a big thing for you too. Definitely. Well, I mean, it answered the problem of death, right? And I was yeah. like, oh, cool, like that. And it also answered the questions of like suffering and. Um, just pain broadly like why is it happening to me and people around me like how do you make sense of this how do you reconcile that god is good if the world is so bad um it all it all makes sense um mm. any questions for lewis before i ask him our final one brandon oh i just think it's really cool like we chatted about growth and i think that's why i was excited to be chatting to lewis again because yeah. obviously yeah we chatted to him a year and a half ago or whatever and there's there's been exponential growth I've seen in you from being at youth group to now, but mm. also especially in the last two years. It's mm. really cool. I remember, I think I told this story last time you were on, I'm trying to remember. Like I remember a big thing for Beck and I was we were youth leaders and we saw Lewis at JB Hi-Fi and you came over to say hello to us <laughs> rather than just ignoring that we existed. And that was a big thing. <laughs> so I remember he that came being and said like, oh, whoa, like Lewis has grown. He came and said hello. No, like, wow. That is a big is, step forward. This is revolutionary. And like, I, Lewis was at my wedding and he wasn't a Christian yet, which is pretty exciting because True. I think you're coming to Bible study at that point. But yeah, yeah. I think it's been very cool to uh, watch you grow. Um, and now mm. you're at college, which is mind blowing. Like someone... I, I said this to Lewis the other day, like someone at college was like, oh, like, I'm, do you go to church with Lewis? I'm like, yeah, yeah. And they're like, oh, like, he hasn't been a Christian for very long. And I was like, yeah, no, he got baptised when I was in first year. And now, and now I'm in third year and he's at college with us. Uh, yeah. It's pretty crazy. It's funny. I think it's very encouraging. Yeah, that growth is just, I think, observing it in you, mate, is like uh, just being exponential. Like I remember meeting you and I thought you were a little bit reserved probably because you just didn't know who I was and mm. stuff like that. But the way that even our, I think, relationship has grown has been really, really fun mm. and really enjoyable because I can just see like even the way you articulate yourself um, and just the, uh, I feel like you're heaps positive, which I don't know if you were originally. I don't know. <laughs> you, you, <yeah>. But that's <laughs> that thing, I think, isn't it fascinating how much that, like the purpose that God's given mm. you how transformative it's been for you. And I think it's amazing. It's God is really, real. Yeah. Mm. I think that's, I think you're living proof of that. There's the I, podcast name. God is real. God <laughs> is real. <laughs> but I, that was another thing for me too, right? Cause I had all these issues. Like I had all these things within myself, which I didn't like. Mm. And then suddenly um, becoming a Christian, like things just started to change and I'm not perfect. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? In fact, if anything, I'm becoming, I am more aware of, my sinfulness now that I'm a Christian, which mm. s seems to make sense. Um, but things, it, yeah, it's a funny thing. Like your sin, your awareness of sinfulness increases, but you also become less sinful Yeah, over time. Well, that's, yeah. I mean, that yeah. should be the trajectory at least. Yep. Yeah. Um, which has been in my case, like that's always a huge thing for me. If I'm ever doubtful, I'm like, oh no, like I actually, like God literally just did that. 
mm. in my life. I can't deny that. Mm. Um, Final question? Final question. Sorry, oh, yeah. that's where I was going. Final question is, and we kind of talked about it a fair mm-hmm. bit, I think, but I'd, I always like uh, hearing the answer to this once we've gone over people's lives. Mm. Uh, what do you wish you knew that you know now as an older Christian that you knew when you were a younger Christian? That's only been <laughs> a couple of years. So what, what, yeah, so what would I have told my young Christian yeah. Yeah. self? Hmm. <laughs> this is a good one. Um. <laughs> Find a Christian wife. <laughs> Step one, youth leader. <laughs> I think... Um, Maybe it's hard to articulate, but I think I'm slowly but surely wrestling with doubts about God. Um, I think when I became a Christian, I thought like having doubts was wrong. Mm. I was like, oh, but I'm a Christian. Why am I doubting? Like what? Um, Mm. And then like the doubt makes you doubt if you're even a Christian. Um, But I think it's pretty normal to doubt. Yeah. and it's not, it's not necessarily right of us to doubt. Like to an extent, it is distrusting God. But I think like doubt's normal. It's a normal experience for sinful Christians. Um, and I think there have been just, a, I think time and time again, I just keep coming back to the fact that it's, I have now more so than ever, I think, I has I hate I hate saying positive things about myself as an Australian. I find it very uncomfortable, <laughs> but I think I have more so than I did. Doesn't mean it's objectively very high or good. I think I have more of a intellectual humility now than I did when I was young, and I think I'm I'm just okay to not have answers, um, and that doesn't cause me doubt anymore. Um, like I don't need to know, like just because I can't prove without a doubt, every single aspect of the Genesis account of like how Adam and Eve came into existence. I'm like, it doesn't matter. Like Bible says Adam and Eve existed. God made them. And it talks about their relationship with God. Like that's, that's all it says. And, um, and I know that stuff's true. Um, mm. And so I just like, there's a really great guy at church. He'd be a good person to get on the podcast. Chris Pinn. Um, yeah. biggest, biggest brain I ever met. Yes. Um, I don't know how he carries it around. Yeah. It's so, so, so large. <laughs> He's a jar. Yeah. Carried around he, um, very smart scientist that we know. Um, and sometimes I'll just ask him a question about something. And, um, not only does he just have like very precise and like good answers a lot of the time where I'm like, Oh wow. Like that, sorry, side point. That's another part of the intellectual humility. It's like people like Chris Penn, who I know just, can't even comprehend how much more about science and stuff that he knows he knows compared to me right like literally in the thousands of times more um and i'm like well if chris pin is a christian with that knowledge why why am i fretting kind of thing mm-hmm. i think actually learning to be encouraged and um learn from brothers and sisters in that regard is really valuable um but yeah i'm just i'm just okay to not have all the answers um, and you can't have all the answers. Mm. I think to an extent it is, I've come to reflect, it is sort of a bit of, it's a bit, uh, what's the word? It's 
a bit like folly, I don't know, to, to assume you can have all the answers, yeah. which I think a lot of our civilization runs on now. Yeah. I think we're very used to having answers and we think we have answers, mm. but typically, at least in my reflections, a lot of the answers for the big questions given by, you know, the world broadly um, are pretty dissatisfactory. Um, and I think a lot of the stuff I believe growing up were like leaps in logic made by people who looked to science, but were actually over, over assuming what it said. Um, and just, yeah, as a Christian now, I'm just like, yeah, I'm totally chill to have those things coexist. Um, and I'm totally chill to admit that I don't know everything, but not knowing everything doesn't invalidate your truth claim either or your belief. That was another thing I always struggled to reconcile growing up. It's like, well, if I can't know it all, if I can't, if I can't fact check every religion, like how yeah. am I going to know that one of them's a true? Yeah. Um, and like, there's no point in your life where you should just stop searching for answers and, and better understanding yourself and your beliefs, I guess. But um, I think I just realized like, oh, but actually no one <laughs> has that knowledge. It doesn't stop you from making good claims mm. either. But it also, again, just coming back to what I said about Chris Pin, like you, this is why we exist as like a body yeah. of Christians, right? And we spur one another on it's because we can't, not everyone is a Chris Pin, yeah. right? And so when I, the layman have these questions about, you know, evolution or, or creation or something, I go to Chris Pin yeah. um, and vice versa. Like we all give so much to each other. Yeah. Um, and again, part of that intellectual humility is just being like, oh, I just don't know. Yeah. And I'm just totally cool to learn from others. I like, remember having a really good conversation with Anthony Elliard. I don't even remember. It would have been ages ago mm. where he helpfully pointed out, it's like the Bible doesn't have the answers to every question you're ever going to have. Yeah. But it has the answer to every question you need to know about salvation. Yeah, that's right. So yeah. it has everything you need to be saved. And it's got absolutely everything in there that you need to be that's saved. Right. But it doesn't have the answer to every question you're going to think of. Yeah. And I remember that being a really helpful thing as a young Christian being like, oh, cool, yeah, like it doesn't actually matter. If, if the Bible's not talking about this, then it's not essential to being saved. Yeah. Which yeah, I think right. was very helpful for me. And I think that was huge for me too. Like I just read the Bible, like was convinced that Jesus was God. And I was convinced even before I believed that Jesus was God, that Jesus was a person who could be God mm. based on his life and what people said about him and what he said. I was like, this guy knows what's up. You know what I mean? Um, you know, like every answer to injustice and evil in the world, like he had an answer for, he said he was going to deal with it. Um, reconciling us to God, like just everything, like everything about it. I was just like, yep, this is, this is it. Um, and then all those peripheral things, you just figure out as you go along. Um, and most of them very rarely is, is like, you know, a claim of psychology or biology, et cetera, actually going to run in contradiction with a theological claim in the Bible. I find very rarely they're very easy to reconcile or just coexist. Um, in my experience, very rarely does my belief in God mean I have to deny claims made by, you know, bodies of research like that and thought um which was something else i realized growing up to like particularly through the tafe course was reading a lot of psychology um which also lightly touches on philosophy and so i think very early on i was just like oh 
like there's, there's, there's actually no contradictions here or there's no, at the very least, there's no good arguments against, you know what I mean? I was like, oh, mm. like, because sometimes science and psychologists and all these other things are sort of held up on this pedestal as like these things you can't, like there's just, it's a movable fact. You can't even begin to deny it. Question it. Yeah. yeah, but like you just read, just read some of Freud's stuff. You're like, oh, you're kind of whack. Like, <laughs> I don't know. Um, you know, you don't need a big crisp pin brain to realize that. Mm. I think that was another thing too through my relationship with Matt. I was like, so convinced that I was stupid because I didn't read books ever. And so I'm like, well, I can't read books. Like, cause you know, I can't. Um, and then didn't take long to start reading books and I'm just reading I'm, I'm literally reading books now that would have been incomprehensible to me when I first started reading. Yeah. Um, by no sheer ability of my own, but just through the, you just read books, you just get better at it. Yeah. You, you know what I mean? It's a skill. I think you're right. Um, yeah, it's like a muscle. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so, I don't know, I have a lighter thought, it's gone. <laughs> <laughs> cool. It's a good time to wrap up the chips, I think. Yeah. Wrap up the chips. However, uh, before we do that, I just want to say that like, yeah, listening to your your story again and which has changed a lot since the last time you come on the podcast it's really really encouraging and like a story of from atheist to more college in like <laughs> the space of what two and a half years or something like well, that if you if you oh. include the nine years of going to church <laughs> yeah. well that's what i'm saying it comes yeah. a bit longer yeah, yeah. Uh, i don't know it's just I'm really glad that you came on again, man. Because mm. I like we have seen, or I have, and I know that Brain has already said it, and I've already said it. Like the exponential growth in yourself mm. since you became a Christian has been just like your eyebrows, magnificent. <laughs> Can't wait for <laughs> part three. Got to start. That's maybe that's the beef. <laughs> the eyebrows. <laughs> but yeah, Outrageous. it's been magnificent having you on the podcast. Oh, thanks. And I it love the fun. way you speak about your faith and the way that you. Obviously, you interact with other people about it now so much more. I remember with that conversation we had with that guy a week at, after a week away, his parents owed the land oh, really yes. close. Like, I think you're right. I think your mum's right. I think your mum does make you do does make a good point saying that you do make uh, relationships with some interesting people. <laughs> Wait, why is that? Like, <laughs> that's it, what you were doing I with that guy. A, turned up to a coffee oh. shop and like, who's Lewis talking to? <laughs> like, yeah, but he was a nice guy. He was a really lovely guy. But we need to do. That. I think that's yeah, a like, really good skill to have. That's what I'm saying. Thanks. Need to do like you know how Billie Eilish does the same interview every year, once a year. No. Oh, so, okay. What do you, what do you so mean? The they, same they interview. Get, they get. I can't remember. It's one of the YouTube channels. Get her in and ask her the same questions every year, and she's been doing it for like five or six years. Once a year, I feel like this will be our Lewis update for this year. Oh, that's a good one. We'll yeah. We've done twenty twenty three, twenty twenty four. We'll get Lewis back we'll on. And see back it'll and become the Joel and Lewis podcast. He'll be running. He'll be running a mega church. Or something. <laughs> I don't think so. All good. Yeah. Well, isn't your plan to take over Soul Revival eventually? Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> you didn't deny it. Yeah, it's on the it's on the plan. Yeah, it's on the. It's on I'll the either plan. we'll either take it over or um, we'll schism and then mm-hmm. subsequently conquer <laughs> Soul Revival. <laughs> um, well, until then, <laughs> thanks very much for coming on, man. Thank you. Thank one, you, Braden. One way. One way. One way. One way. One way.